Welcome to Stories That Stick with me, Laura, as your resident storyteller. I'm here to show you how oral stories inspire and captivate minds young and old. Tune in each week to hear a compelling story and join in meaningful conversations. I'll be digging deep into the heart of storytelling, connection, and listening. So whether you're a kid, teacher, caregiver, grandparent, or simply a lover of stories, this podcast is for you. Join me as you get lost in another world and discover how stories shape our lives. Here's to the next page in our story. Welcome back to another episode of Stories That Stick. The other day, my children and I went on a nighttime rainy ride. And my son wanted to ride his bike, but my daughter wanted to run through the puddles. And, of course, having one child that's riding a bike that's older and one child that's walking that takes a little longer, there were moments where she was, you know, getting frustrated with the amount of time she was walking. She was wishing she had the stroller. She wanted to be carried. And as that was going on, I was finding different ways to engage her in playful opportunities and moments to push us along so we could keep walking because I didn't want to carry her. And through that, of course, I started incorporating some storytelling. And that's where this idea kind of came from. So I'm going to give you just five really easy ways that you can incorporate some storytelling outside It might be some ways that you can offer things to children so that they're telling stories or reenacting stories or retelling stories. And it may also be some ways that you can co-create stories together or props and visuals or items you can use while outside telling stories. So my first tip is, (laughs) this is what I did with my daughter, is create and tell or act out different versions of we're going on a bear hunt. So I know you know that book. And that's what I did with my daughter. We were actually at this point walking up along kind of our main road where there are a lot of buildings and signs. So I was singing and telling we're going on a letter hunt. And we started having to find the letters from in alphabetical order, you know, from A to I think we got to S. But along that, I was saying, you know, we're going on a letter hunt. We're going to try to find one. We're not scared. And then as we were walking, I would name, you know, different obstacles that we might have to go around. Right. So like, oh, there's a big puddle. Can't go over it. Can't go under it. We're going to have to stomp through it. And we would stomp, stomp, stomp. And then we would kind of keep looking until we found that next letter. And I did it. You know, there were some bushes that we had to go through. There was... um you know, a line that we walked along. So I just created different opportunities, different things that were in front of us and letters that were all around us. And it became a collaborative effort. And she would join in on some of those repetitive chants. So I really encourage you to think of ways that when you're outside, whether it's in a play space or a playground or a free, you know, open space in the forest, You could do different versions of going on a blank hunt. So you could do a letter hunt if there are environmental print around. You could do an animal hunt. So maybe, you know, you're singing it very quietly and trying to find an animal. Maybe it's a a specific object, maybe a certain type of uh, leaf or certain seeds or 
to go on a track hunt. So if there's a space where you have a lot of wildlife and you're often finding um, tracks or even scat, you could go on a hunt, you know, and just build in that repetition, that song. Um, we're going on a, you know, seed hunt. We're trying to find a little one. And so then you hunt for a little seed. Or, you know, we're going on a track hunt. We're trying to find a bear one. And then you're looking for a bear track. Okay, obviously you're not really looking for a bear track. But you know what I'm saying. So that's my first tip. One, it's you leading it. But it can become an opportunity for children to co-create it with you to join in and chime in and then they may if you do it you know a couple times they may take some ownership of it and they may act it out they may tell it on their own so i really love that one and if you're unfamiliar with the we're going on a bear hunt the author does have on youtube an awesome story him telling it um and it's very dramatic and really fun by um michael rosen you should check that out on youtube he performs it it's only about five minutes. I'll actually drop the um, link in the show notes. So tip one, versions of you're going on a bear hunt. Tip two, grab a Sharpie or multiple Sharpies. And if you have them, um, acrylic markers and take them outside and then collect rocks with the children. Okay, then once you have a collection or as you're collecting them, you can start asking children for ideas of things. Maybe it's things that they find in nature. Maybe it's verbs. Maybe it's nouns. Maybe it's um, adjectives, big, small, whatever it might be. And you're going to either you can write the words or you can draw a quick picture. Then you're going to have a handful of storytelling stones. So maybe you have the word big written really big and then you have a butterfly drawn and you have some grass drawn and you have the word mouse, whatever it might be. Right. So you're going to have a mix of maybe words and pictures you pick based on the crew that you have. And they can really be just doodles, you know, scribbles. They don't have to be elaborate. You're, the idea is you're creating them with the children in the moment. And once you have five or six, you can stop and start showing how you can use those to tell a story. You move them around. You create a narrative of what the characters are doing or the space that they're in. And once they get the idea, you might send them off, let them find their own rocks. They can write and draw on their own rocks. And you can start to build up this collection of storytelling rocks that have been co-created together. So, again, this is similar to uh, we're the using we're going on a bear hunt. You're initially proposing it. You're facilitating it and showing how you can collect these objects in nature and write or draw different things on it and then use them to tell a story. So in time, children may start collecting rocks or items on their own to draw on and add to their play or tell a story with. You might have a collection uh, basket that stays outside. If you're using Sharpie, uh, it's not going to wash off. I'm not sure about the acrylic markers. I don't think that they wash off either, but there are some really great acrylic markers that I use um, when I'm making storytelling stones or kindness rocks. So real simple, collect some rocks and draw on them, get the ideas from the children, collaborate with them together, and then provide them as something they can use to tell stories with. Uh, okay, number three, just start narrating about the nature that's around you. 
So maybe you have a practice of using sit spots, maybe around a snack or meal time. Things are happening around you in nature because things are a bit stiller. So you might start noticing um, birds hopping from branch to branch and tell a story about the birds and where they're going and what they're doing. You might think of it almost as if you've ever done people watching, if you enjoy people watching, um, maybe you've in your mind told a story to yourself about what somebody at the airport is doing in line and, you know, what brought them to rush to have to change their seat or you, you know, when you see somebody in the grocery store that's buying a variety of items, maybe in your mind, you're developing a story about what this person is doing, where they're going, what they've been doing. And you can do the same with the nature around you. So you can use maybe the animals that you are seeing and hearing and interacting with regularly. And it might be about some of their um, behaviors, but it could also be a made up story of a tree that starts, you know, swaying and um, is leaning over to talk to another tree. And it could become more imaginative. But what you're doing in that moment is you're really connecting with the land you're connecting with the um, sur the wildlife that's surrounding you, and you're drawing the children's attention to it in very um, simplistic, slow ways. The story doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be intricate. It may not even super be um, like imaginative. It doesn't have to be made up. You could literally just narrate what the squirrel is doing the same way that we sometimes do when children are playing. <gasps> you see that squirrel over there with a the bushy tail? It's running and grabbing that acorn. Oh, it flipped it over. And now it's putting it in its cheek. I don't know. Do they actually put them in their cheek? That may only be chipmunks. Anyways, just narrating exactly what their think items are doing in nature. That's a story in itself. Okay, so tip three is to be narrating about nature and the wildlife or land around you. This is a great time. I'm going to also suggest that you make sure that you know whose land you are residing on and incorporate any of those stories if you're able to. If you become familiar with them and you find out the indigenous peoples that have lived there and what stories they may have about the nature or the land around you. Ready for number four? This is a favorite. I recently did a um, video outside. I was telling a story because I'm going to be honest, recording podcast episodes while you have two young children at home with you that you're unschooling while running a business and <laughs> my other jobs, it can be really hard to get some alone time. I'm currently recording in my closet while my children are doing quiet rest. So props to me. But I recorded last week's story of the three billy goats gruff outside which was really fun and after i did that i showed the children this tip for number four and i shared about it i did a live story so you should check it out but felt pieces they stick to natural items specifically i had a stump we have a big stump in our backyard and the felt sticks right to it just like it would a um a flannel board so number four, my suggestion is to bring out felt pieces because they can get wet unless they get super wet. They don't really get damaged. You can kind of wring them out and reshape them and let them dry. But they also stick to a variety of materials. So children might get 
you know, interested and engaged in finding, does it stick to this? Does it stick to this? Oh, it doesn't stick to this. But definitely it sticks to tree trunks, if nothing else. Um, so some, some, some suggestions of what I have that you should, like what kind of felt pieces to bring out. I would do some really simple things. Just shapes. Squares, triangles, hearts, rectangles, circles, just make some simple shapes. They may create them into a house or a boat or an animal. And you can also just tell a story about a triangle that met a heart. Like, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. You could also bring out just simple objects, multiple of them, like five pumpkins or five apples or um, snowflakes are a little harder to cut out of felt. But if you, you know, have purchased a product that somebody else has carefully crafted for you, you know, snowflakes or just cut some tree trunks or leaves. So you could print, um, you could bring out multiples of some type of natural object. And you could also bring out some characters. Easy things like animals or generic people shapes. You could bring out just a couple. You could bring out a bunch. But this is more one where I would suggest you bringing it and maybe you model telling a story initially and how it sticks to something like a tree trunk in your space. And then go ahead and leave them outside. Offer the materials to the children and pass this activity off to them. Let them retell stories that they're familiar with. Let them sing songs. You know, if there's got to be a song about five little snowflakes or a song about leaves falling down that they know, um, they could use those in the same way. Down by the bay, if you have felt pieces. I have felt pieces for down by the bay. Or brown bear, brown bear, if you have the animal pieces. Um, they might retell that story using the felt pieces and then start incorporating that into their play. So that is a genius hack that I thought more most people knew, but um, maybe not. So I'm sharing that with you now. All right. And number five, my last idea of how to incorporate some storytelling outdoors is to gather traditionally around a fire, if you can, or a candle or a lantern or some type of heat source and recreate that experience of telling, you know, campfire stories. Maybe the children that you have in your care or your company enjoy spooky stories. Maybe they don't, but this can be a great opportunity to just gather together around a heat source. And that's where, you know, my logo, Little Stories That Stick, that has a candle in the middle, initially came from because I have lots of memories. I was a Girl Scout growing up. And I have lots of memories of um, gathering around fires and singing, you know, songs and telling ghost stories and that warm feeling where I felt just so connected and there was nothing else going on. There's no other distractions beyond us and the people and the stories that we were weaving together around the fire. So I challenge you to figure out a way to build that in in some way and then just invite children to tell stories or you tell stories in whatever way. Maybe they're using the rocks that you are to use. Maybe they are narrating what's happening with the flames and the fire, or the nature around you. Maybe they have the felt pieces in their hands. You could obviously mix any of these kind of together. They can be standalone things that you're using, but they're just some tips and tricks I wanted you to have in your back pocket for the next time you go outside. If you want to try to get some Oral storytelling happening, because again, remember, stories aren't just about the content, content, 
and what we're saying. It's about being present in the moment with the children. It's about connecting with them. It's about connecting them with nature and, you know, building up their imagination and their creativity. So I'm just going to summarize again five ways you can get kids and yourself telling stories outside. One, tell some versions of we're going on a bear hunt. Two, collect some rocks and bring out some Sharpies or markers to uh, draw on them and create story tones. Three, narrate about the nature that's around you. Four, take felt pieces outside. And five, gather around a heat source and tell stories together. Now, if you go into the show notes as well, I have a one-page PDF that has these tips there, as well as some awesome uh, books that relate to outdoor and nature play. So you might want to download that. It's just a little PDF you can have to reference back, reference back, keep it by your back door or wherever you about to head outside. And it might trigger you to remember, oh, yeah, today, let's tell a version of we're going on a bear hunt, something like that, just to get you uh, telling some stories. So thanks for tuning in and I'll chat to you soon. The end. But really, that's it for today's episode of Stories That Stick inspiring and captivating minds young and old remember stories have the incredible ability to spark conversations ignite imagination and create lasting connections if you loved what you heard be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review it really does make a difference and if you have a story to share or a topic you want me to explore reach out to me on instagram at little stories that stick until next time keep working that storytelling muscle and tell stories every day